The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and they were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do hear in your native place the things that you were, we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove Jesus out of the town, and led him up to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. interesting how we human beings as a race can be so so shallow so capricious so so fickle and mercurial in in kind of dangerous ways you know one minute we're we're all adoring and fanatic about some artist or some some movie star or some politician or some sports hero and the next minute something kind of flipped switch flips and and all of a sudden we hate the person and we're after them and we're like a bunch of rabid dogs chasing a lame rabbit down the road it's it's kind of amazing how how quickly we can change and 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 go from loving to hating in just a, almost a second or two it's, it's pretty interesting how how we human beings as a race can be so so um, capricious and fickle and dangerously mercurial in these sorts of things. It's always been that way, of course, that's kind of the nature of human beings. There's tons of stories through history and in our own times where, where that exactly thing sort of happens. And, and the gospel story today, including what we heard last week, is, is a really fine example and maybe a, a really important example of, of how uh, fickle we human beings can be with our, with our love and our loyalty and, and how easily that can switch. So, 
you know, we have this wonderful story where Jesus goes back to his hometown, which is always kind of a dangerous thing when you've grown up and changed a lot. And, and you, you know, and in Jesus's case, some big things have happened to him. You know, and most especially, of course, the baptism in the River Jordan, where he has this extraordinary revelation of who he is and that he's God's son. And, and, and suddenly then, you know, and he's got this great mission to the people of Israel and really into the world. And, you know, to go back to little Nazareth where everybody knows him as little baby Jesus still you know and you know the kid that grew up down the street and you know we know this guy and we know how he is and we know what he's like and and suddenly he comes back to his hometown and he's a changed person and and people welcome him back because they've heard the reputation you know how wonderful he is and they give him a the 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 the, the, the opportunity in their synagogue on the sabbath to preach and he unrolls the scroll of isaiah and he preaches these beautiful words and everybody's going wow look at what we've produced look at this wonderful son of nazareth who is doing these great things and how beautifully he speaks you know isn't it wonderful that this jesus our 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 little jesus is has become such a big guy and it's such a great guy it's it's a it's a beautiful thing but then of course as we hear today everything goes sour in a minute or two and pretty soon you know the 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 relationship between the Nazarenes and Jesus is just like like goes completely nuts you know and they're running him out of town and uh, the crowd grabs him and is ready to throw him over the throw him over the cliff down into the dump below where the fires burn forever you know in the midst of all the garbage and and that's how bad it goes from adulation to complete scorn and and hatred for the guy and that leaves us questioning what happened you know, two what happens. One, how did he escape the crowd at the end? You know, he walks through this rabid crowd. How did that happen? But much more importantly, is what happened in that synagogue to turn the people of Nazareth against their own Jesus, the kid they grew up with? You know, and that, that crowd is, you know, is his, his cousins, it's his friends, it's his neighbors, it's the people he, who grew up with him. How could that happen so quickly? Well, when we have open questions like that, you know, that's a wide open invitation for us to turn our imaginations on high and kind of add to the story a little bit. So, kind of retelling the story a little bit, hopefully not too much. Uh, so, Jesus, you know, decides to go home to Nazareth after, after doing already some good preaching and some healing, and he's got a reputation, and he walks up with his disciples from Capernaum, and he gets this opportunity to, to preach in the synagogue of his hometown, and the people are gathered there, and they're his friends, and as we say, he opens the scroll of Isaiah, and everything is fine at first. Everything is fine. But there's a problem here. You know, there's a problem. You know, why is it that these people go crazy angry against Jesus? Well, maybe what happened is, is, you know, after they hear Jesus speak these beautiful words, you know, they start saying, wow, this is a star, and he's our star. You know, he's a Nazarene like us, and he belongs to us. And, and he's going he's gonna to put us on the map. You know, Nazareth, this little village that nobody knows about, suddenly is the home of the biggest prophet in Israel's history. And we're going to put a big sign out front on the entry into town that says, Welcome to Nazareth, home of Jesus the Wonder Worker. Miracles only five bucks each, you know? 
and, and, and it's going to be great and he's going to bring money and he's bringing fame and, and glory to us and it's going to be wonderful. Our Jesus is going to hang with us and, and, and be this beautiful, wonderful thing that's going to bring all kinds of glory to us and to our little village. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And Jesus, of course, is great at reading minds and hearts and he senses that they're missing the point completely. That he doesn't belong to them anymore. That yes, they're his cousins and his relatives and his neighbors and, and his aunt and his uncles, but, but his life has gone in a different direction. And he, he doesn't belong to them. They don't own him. He's not the same little kid that they knew growing up. And, and so he's trying to tell them that, you know, what I'm asking you is that you, you follow me. That, that in this great mission of proclaiming freedom to the captives and, and, and new life to the oppressed and giving sight to the blind, that you join me in that. I'm not asking, I'm not coming here so that I can be, you know, offer all kinds of glory to you and be the star of the town. I don't need that. That's not what I'm here for. I'm extending to you the same invitation I extend to the people of Capernaum and everywhere else that I've gone to. I'm not here just to work wonders. I'm here to lead you to a new kind of love, a new kind of life, to let go of kind of your old ways and, and let yourselves be challenged in the depths of your heart so that you too could go out in this great mission to bring God's love and mercy to the people of Israel, to bring new life to them, to proclaim indeed, you know, freedom for the captives and, 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 and freedom for the oppressed and sight for the blind and new life for the dead. Come and join me. You know, and, and this is probably where they're going, what is he talking about? You know, we're not ready to go leave home and follow him out to Capernaum and to the Sea of Galilee and to Jerusalem and to these other places. We're happy right here with our lives. You know, we've got a good thing here in our little town. Yeah, we have our problems, but, you know, things are pretty good here. And, and, and we're, we, we don't need that. And we don't want that. What we want is Jesus to be ours, not for us to be his. And that's precisely the point. Jesus starts challenging them. And he's saying, you know, you want me to do miracles here, but I'm not here to do miracles. I'm here to call you. To call you to do what God asks all of us to do. In a new way, in a deeper way. To open your hearts and to grow and to expand your vision of, of God's kingdom. And, and that's the rub. They don't want that. They want to stay in Nazareth. They want to stay Nazarenes. And they want Jesus to come and be with them and to, to accommodate their mediocrity and to accommodate their present way of life and not to be challenging us. We don't need that. We want a star, not a prophet. We want a miracle worker, not someone who's going to tell us the wrong we've done and challenge us to do better. Who wants that? Nobody, really. And the more Jesus challenges them, the angrier they get. The more frothy they get as a crowd. The more insulted they are that this Jesus is too good for them. That this Jesus is challenging them to things they don't want to do. 
And, and that's the reason, I think, why they get so angry and why they grab Jesus, you know, by the arms and drag him out of the synagogue and up the hill to the cliff where they're ready to throw him over and let him die in the dirt and the garbage below. Well, there's a, of course, that brings us to the next why. You know, how is it that he walked through that crowd? You can probably bet that Mary was in that synagogue. You know, she's sitting in the back with the other ladies. She's watching all this. And she can see that this is really turning bad and she can't stand it, so she leaves. Before even she gets home, some little kid runs up to her and says, Mary, Mary, they're hauling Jesus up to the cliff to throw him over. And Mary goes trudging on and she tromps up there and troops up to that hilltop and she gets to the crowd that's jostling and, and crying out for Jesus to be killed and blah, blah, blah. And she shouts like a, like a drill sergeant, stop! And he stops because this is Mary and she's kind of the matriarch of the town now, by now. And she marches through that crowd and she grabs Jesus by the arm away from that cliff and she says, it's going to be a cold day in hell before you idiots throw my son over the cliff. <laughs> now go home to your mamas. She takes Jesus and they walk back to their house. He picks up his belongings and a few disciples following him. He heads out of town towards Capernaum never to return again to his hometown and his cousins, his people. So obviously, this is a story in which we see how we human beings can be so fickle and shallow and mercurial in a dangerous way. How we can have that switch flipped where we go from adoring to, to wanting to kill. <laughs> it's also, of course, a... a a tale that is cautionary for us because in a sense those Nazarenes are stand-ins for us in our real lives. You know, like them, we, it's very easy for us to feel like we own Jesus. Like we kind of have Jesus in our pocket. That we've got him figured out. That we know him and he's ours. And because he's ours, because we've got him in his pocket, because we know him so well already, and he's such a star, of course, in our lives, for us, that, that we don't hear him preach to us. We don't hear him challenging us. Because he's ours, we're not his, really. You know, when he challenges us, too, to bring liberty to the captives and freedom to the oppressed and sight to the blind, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard all that very nice. But when he starts saying, follow me and help me in this mission. Leave behind your old ways. Leave behind the comfortable things. Leave behind your moral and spiritual mediocrity. <laughs> we don't want to hear that. And so we turn him into a holy card. Into a nice, quiet, plaster statue. And, and we never hear him preach to us his prophetic word, calling us to to leave our little Nazareth with all of its comforts and mediocrity and, and to follow him 
And it leaves us asking the foundational, fundamental question. Does Jesus belong to us? Do we own him? Do we have Jesus in our pockets? Or do we belong to Jesus? And do we follow him in the great mission? Proclaiming liberty to the captives and freedom to the oppressed. And bringing light and sight and love to the blind and the dead and to the hopeless. Do we belong to him or does he belong to us?